The Down Below podcast was our last best hope to analyze. We failed. But in the year of the spoiler war, it became something greater. Our last best hope for answers. The year is 2015. The show, Down Below. Hello again, everyone. Welcome to Down Below, a Babylon 5 intro cast. I'm Will. I'm Ann. I'm Heidi. And I'm Beth. Hey. <laughs> Today we are joined by a return visitor to Down Below. It's Jason. Hi. Jason. Hey. Hi, Jason. You were just with us a few weeks ago. Yep, this was, uh, I don't know, third on my list, I think. So pretty high up yeah i didn't even remember how the episode ended yeah i didn't realize this was the episode with the kiss in it oh (laughs) long kiss this one is this the one or i guess the first official kiss yeah i think this is the one everyone counts okay (laughs) because they're both in the same time period and yeah and they know (laughs) one of them hasn't been married for or together or whatever for years and years yeah. Yeah. Well, today we are here to discuss episode 20 of season 3 and the rock cried out no hiding place. The first is an ISN special report. I'm coming to you from the underground, your trusted source for news of the resistance. As our regular listeners know, support for those opposing Dictator Clark's regime is more widespread than mainstream media would have you believe. We have word that an unlikely delegation made its way to the hub of the resistance, Babylon 5, this last week, and had meetings with Captain Sheridan and other high-level command staff. Were they discussing the increase in telepaths on the station? Or perhaps the rumors of a fleet of strange spacecraft seen near Mimbari space? We can only speculate because no one will talk to us. In other news, we have a follow-up to our story yesterday about the death of prominent Centauri leader, Lord Rifa. Many celebrated his surprising and untimely death through mysterious circumstances, although rumored to be a violent one. But new evidence has come to light which shows that Lord Rifa may have been helping the Narnian resistance. We will keep you informed of new details as they emerge. Stroke off. Any writer will likely tell you, getting published is much harder than the writing itself. Who do I approach? How do I query? What should I put into my query? All valid questions and ones not always easily answered. On Get Published, I get you those answers. Authors, agents, and publishers talk about what works and what doesn't. Get Published is available on iTunes or on getpublishedpodcast.com. And The Rock Cried Out No Hiding Place originally aired October 14, 1996. It was directed by David J. Eagle, who did Seven Dreams. Oh, what a cool last name. Yeah. Written by JMS. 
And The Rock says, <laughs> there was no rock in this episode. It's a shame. <laughs> rock says, know your damn role. The title of this episode? What the yeah. heck? Oh, it's a reference to... The song um, they use at the end, I suppose. Yeah, it's a reference to, I think, a part of the Bible which got turned into a gospel song, or actual real gospel song. It's just when they sing... So that's the name of the gospel song, the whole name? Uh, I think the name of the song is No Hiding Place Down Here. But there's the line in the song in the rock crowd. No Hiding mm-hmm. Place. I guess I was, <laughs> wasn't paying attention at all. <laughs> The first time I watched this episode this week, I really wasn't paying attention. I almost didn't get a chance to rewatch it. Because, man. <laughs> Ashley was watching it last night and was falling asleep, so I set my alarm to get up this morning and finish rewatching it. Not so the, ep- the, oh, sorry. the quality of the episode, because. No, it's not enough on that. Something. Scheduling. Um, let's do the recap. The episode begins Z minus 14 days. I wonder what this countdown is for. Mm. <coughs> Excuse me. <laughs> it's December 7, 2260. Ivanova's voiceovering. She's saying they're shipping out telepaths to fight the shadows. Sheridan's coordinating defense. He hardly ever leaves the war room these days. Do we know how long it's been since the last episode or I guess I don't know probably well uh Steven's still on walkabout so you know that helps with our time normally take I don't know I don't know it takes a walk from one end of the station to another <laughs> but it doesn't look like he's uh shaking and he doesn't look as miserable as he did last time Yes, that one he looked, shining glimpse. He looked re- he looked really sick when he was talking to Ivanova, but he looked he's walking around at least this time. So. Was he shaving or? <laughs> I don't remember. He just didn't look as sick. Yeah, as Ivanova says, brother Theo and his monks are a stabilizing force on the station. Good thing that <laughs> we remembered. That Brother Theo's on the stage. Yeah, I completely yeah, forgot about Brother Theo. We haven't heard about him since about episode five or six, I think. And everybody loves him, so. <laughs> I don't know. I know there's a lot of Brother Theo love out there, but I'm not going to get from me is not right now. <laughs> I was excited to see him, but mostly just to uh, maybe find out why everybody's always so excited to see him. <laughs> yeah. I think it's largely because of his um, attitude and one-liners he tends to come out with. This mustache. It's all the mustache. <laughs> uh, we see Jakar trying to get Ivanova to agree to let them send a Narn bodyguard along with each telepath that's going out there. That's pretty cool that they're getting all these telepaths, so. Yeah. I'm eating blackberries. <laughs> um, Londo's talking to Veer about Jakar. Londo wants to get Jakar back to Narn, so 
uh, Jakar can be captured and executed, and he wants Veer to help him. I think this is where the opening credits were. Mm. I'm watching it through, you know, once you've seen the whole plan of Bull and you watch this through again, the horrible part is knowing this is all part of London's plan to, you know, ultimately kill um, Reefer, but at this point he's just using Veer in exactly the same way almost Morden used him. It's just, oh, it's a real shame what Londo does to Veer this episode. Yeah, it is. I mean, Londo, <clears throat> I have to say I didn't, like, necessarily think that Londo was... I, I kind of believed it. I mean, at least at for the first three-fourths of the episode, I was... You know, I totally believed that Londo was doing this. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought Veer was going to help Jakar, but... Yeah. Yeah, I did too, actually. Uh, well, Londo later on threatens uh, Veer's yeah. family, so it, it's it, he's either stuck between helping this person he admires and the safety of his own family. Yeah, Veer is stuck really bad. Londo, oh, yeah. I mean, nothing that Londo does surprises me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, I met this kitty last weekend. Got scratched up pretty. <laughs> I heard. I thought I heard a cat in the background. Yeah, that was mine. <laughs> so now you're you have this Pavlo I'm having flashbacks. Yeah, I'm having <laughs> flashbacks to the cat scratching me. It was partially my own fault, but <laughs> um. So Brother Theo greets Ivanova. He's talking smack about this uh, Reverend William Dexter that's coming head of the True Gospel Baptist Church. And he's accompanied by a rabbi and some others. And when they walk off, we see Lord Rifa boarding station. I think um, I'm not the only person who's disappointed it's not Rabbi Kozlov. No. Yeah. Yeah. It would have been a really nice opportunity to have done that. Had Bring him yeah, back. Yeah, bring him back. That would have been a super coincidence. <laughs> <laughs> Dylan goes to see Sheridan in the war room. Bun of a center and uh, I wrote some. I wrote a dictionary joke. Like they're, where are they? Oh, they're talking about how one the definition to one word is another word, and then the definition yeah. to that word is yeah. <laughs> oh, <laughs> his hair yeah. is getting long. Yeah, and, and in that scene, it's like very. Messy. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Sinclair Long and Sinclair made that video for Garibaldi. <laughs> um, yeah, they're talking about how this shit, the shadows are attacking random targets, but their attacks are logical. Their battle is whatever. I wrote in my notes that Delin is doing a stand-up routine in this scene. She's <laughs> telling so many <laughs> jokes. Yeah, she is very odd in the scene. Yeah. <laughs> She's making dinner, and it's going to be in two hours, and she wants Sheridan to come. Uh, Lando knows Lord Rifa is there with Minister Barini. 
And he explains how Jakar lost track of Natoth when they bombed Narn. Uh, oh, look, Natoth. <laughs> yeah, his her. mention of Natoth. Uh, but he, he needs to hear about her at least, you know. Yeah. Well, did she die? Is she alive? Does it matter? We still don't know these things, but <laughs> they said her name. Yeah. yeah. She did exist uh, at one point. <laughs> yeah. No retcon. Yeah, they're gonna tell Jakar that she's alive and has been captured. And when he goes to look for her, uh, Londo's force is gonna be there to arrest him. They're gonna get Beard to do it because Jakar will trust the Beard, and Beard doesn't want to. But Londo threatens his family, and it's gonna reveal everything Beard did to help the Nar when he was on in bar. Ugh, you're working for a person who you believe would do this to your family. That's just awful. And the Lurker's guy, there is a question, like, why doesn't Beer leave Londo? And ZMS was like, I don't think Beer really has anywhere else to go. Because he's going to be Emperor after Londo. That's right. <laughs> we know where he's going. Yeah. Uh, also, remember, his uncle kind of hates him, and his uncle seems like he's part of the head of the household anyway, so... If he went back to his family, things probably wouldn't go well anyway. He should just go join up with the Mimbari. He got along really well with them. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He could be the first Centauri Ranger. Yeah. (laughs) I'm just imagining Veer as a Ranger. I know. That's that's what's going through my mind. It's so cute. It's very cute. Uh, we see Rifa speaking to the minister, Mr. Barini. He says Londo is no longer suited for her life back home. And they talk about how Rifa's house is in competition with Londo. And after Rifa leaves, Londo shows up to see the minister. So Rifa is his last name. You know what his first name is? Mm. I can't Beer think goes. of a good joke. The <laughs> <laughs> beer goes to see Jakar. He says he has info about Natoth, and Jakar lets him in. Man, it's that really security guard. Sorry. <laughs> oh no! I just that security guard looked like a wax statue. He's like the what is it? The London guard that won't move. Oh no yeah. What. I was, I was paying more faces. Yeah, I was paying more attention to um, Veer in this, and he's he's so uncomfortable here. He doesn't want to be here. He doesn't want to be doing this. No. But the awful thing at the same time is Jakar must be in on the plan, and yet he's he's letting Veer go through with this anyway. Yeah, That's what I was wondering. At what point does Jakar find out what's going on? Right. Is it before or after Veer tells him? Yeah. Um. So, yeah, back to the Centauri. 
Uh, they're saying that the rivalry between Londo and Rifa will destabilize things, blah, blah, blah. Emperor wants this matter tended to. Beer comes. He's done what Londo's wanted. And Londo says he's going to prove the value of House Malari. Oh, I'm sorry. I've just gone through my head. Is this the first episode we actually get a name of the new emperor? I think it's the first time he's actually named. No, I think they've said his name before. Uh, Emperor Katarsia. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, Will. Sounds familiar. Yeah, uh, that's fine. Uh, yeah, Londo says this rivalry, rivalry will be over once and for all. Beer is just mad that Londo's doing this to gain favor. The Emperor. So Sheridan and them are talking to the People that came on board, he says they're cut off from Earth and all the, um, what's the word for them? Ministers, the, whatever. <laughs> all of them brought data crystals with them, just information for Sheridan. Mm. And the resistance is still alive back home, but I guess the government, whatever, well, people back home are saying that B5, they're a bunch of renegades, but all of them, they would rather do something than nothing. Um, and he doing several, uh, several times in this episode, Reverdex is almost a mouthpiece for JMS in a way. I think it's you know, <laughs> he spouts these messages of it's not good messages, but he feels it like it's very obvious that JMS is speaking through Reverdex here that people have been conned into believing they can't make a difference, they can actually mm-hmm. make a difference, and then a couple of the other things he says later on as well. I don't know, the whole back and forth between Theo and Dexter was kind of getting on my nerves. I think it was some in this scene. Yeah, it wasn't really funny or anything. It was just kind of weird. Yeah. (laughs) The joyful noise. But it was nice. I mean, I guess just, I guess getting a little bit of a taste of what's going on on Earth reminds me that, you know, we haven't really heard much about it for a long time you know we got a couple little glimpses but yeah they've really been focusing on this shadow yeah shadow has kind of been a priority for everyone at the moment but it would be nice to see like where earth stands in all this you know if they are really knowledgeable about what the shadows are up to mm, okay um Jakar goes to Garibaldi, says he needs a favor, needs to get something smuggled into his home world. My notes say homework. <laughs> oh, it's going to be himself. Garibaldi reminds him that there's a warrant on his head, but Garibaldi needs to go, needs to go immediately. Beer gets kidnapped by some guys, and Rifa is there. And Rifa says Beer is going to tell him about Londo's plan, or he won't let Beer leave. I just liked how that guy pulled out that little gun or whatever it was in the elevator, which is so cheesy. (laughs) (laughs) Reverend Dexter wants to have an open church meeting to show the aliens and 
I'll turn it up to Brother Theo and get to give him some noise. Which way for noise. And next, Reefer's questioning there. He also know how Londo's gonna elevate his position and he tries to tell him. <coughs> oh. He tries to convince him, talking about how badly Londo treats him, and he'll appoint Deer to the royal court. But he doesn't have time, so he gets a telepath to take the plan from Deer's mind. The reef is going to keep Deer there until he's finished with what he has to do. Man, I so thought that, you know, Veer had just managed to keep something in his mind private or something. Or, like, they just didn't know where to go to find that he had done something else, you know, I was I was so um, buying it. I felt really bad for Veer. I really did. I was like, I, I yeah. was sure that Rifa would threaten his family as well, and then he would be like, okay. Uh, he, he's really used by everyone in this episode, and no, no wonder he's angry at the end. Mm-hmm. So... Mm. This is probably the scene I hated the most in this episode. <laughs> um, Reverend Dexter runs into Sheridan and uh, they're just having a chat. But basically, uh, Reverend Dexter is just telling him that he needs to share the responsibility with someone else. Just talk to somebody about it. He talks about how Delin loves Sheridan. Sheridan doesn't really want to talk about that and thanks for his concern and he tells a story about his wife, I think. Well, he does that using the, oh, just one more thing trick. Yeah. Yeah. Like, oh. yeah. yeah. What didn't you like about it? I don't know. It's just, it just seemed kind of poking his nose in there. I know he's trying to help and ended up helping. Uh, I, I really like the scene. I like kind of like how he, he understands that... Uh, Sheridan's putting up all these walls and just trying to find a way around it because you know he he can see, I think he can see the same thing Delenn was pointing out that Sheridan's just very distracted. He's a Delenn and Sheridan shipper, and he's just <laughs> trying to move things along. Yeah, yeah. Oh, but, yeah he is, <laughs> he's actually. the audience yeah. surrogate. It's like, come on, yeah. you idiot! You have a son. You, you've got to get together. No kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Has to happen. I mean, I don't know. Doesn't he kind of relieve his burdens with Delenn anyway? I mean, he... <laughs> <laughs> That's not it. Um, um, euphemism, but, I think um, the point is that he hasn't been... Yeah. Like, that's the whole point of the council scenes, yeah. is that he's too distracted even to notice, even to be distracted with her, so... You see, I have to wonder whether this has been building up ever since his trip to the future, and seeing the future has kind of made him feel super responsible to make sure everything goes well, you know. And so he's taking it on his shoulders because of everything he's seen in the future. Yeah, I don't know. I didn't like the whole thing about Eve, the whole reference to Eve and her being created to for man to relieve their burdens or whatever. Mm, that was weird to me. The intent behind the scene is good. It's just there are some lines that don't quite come across quite well. So I'm kind of in the middle here. <laughs> but yeah, 
and the intent is good, the execution maybe not so. You ever heard of the whole trope in TV sometimes? The whole magical Negro trope? This kind of made me think of that for some reason. I don't know why. Just the guy who comes in and gives some kind of sage advice and then everything's better after that all of a sudden. I think Brother Theo filled the same uh, role uh, when he yeah. was introduced. Yeah. And then Rabbi Kozlov in season one for Ivanova as well. So it's kind of more, all these religious figures, they'll help you out. Um, it, it, it's the... Um, Spiritual. It's, it's, you know, it's the um, mental figure in um, classic storytelling, I suppose. Yeah, it is interesting, oh, though, that they're giving, I mean, like in this case, and I, I don't recall the exact advice, you know, Brother Theo and that gave, but I... I tend to think of it as all fairly secular advice, actually. You know, yeah. not so much as put your trust in the Lord or put your trust in the higher power. It's more your commonplace, you know, relationship or just normal human advice. Um, yeah, Sheridan pulls is, uh, sounds really offended by that when he thinks that's what's happening. Right. <laughs> yeah, and I wanted, I tried this, uh, I tried this, um, theory on my wife when we were dating it didn't work about cleaning her apartment it didn't work (laughs) (laughs) next is z minus 13 days we're on the narn home world and jakar speaking to jadan about the dust in the streets and i noticed that voice sounded familiar the guy playing Judan played the Inquisitor in Comes the Inquisitor. Oh Jack my gosh. Wow. Yeah. So much better. <laughs> well, this is the first time we visited Narn, I think. Oh, yeah. Hmm. It didn't even cross my mind. Is that what they were smuggled in? In? Like a thing with a window? Uh, oh, that I thought was, that was the building. Yeah, that was one of the. Oh, okay. Yeah, it says the wind that never stops, and it's going to take years for all the matter to drift down to the ground, and it never feels warm anymore. Jadan's worried that Jakar's info might be wrong, but Jakar says it isn't. Mm. Yeah, no one really does look completely devastated. Get this shot of Narn and the Centauri have replicated the royal palace on Narn to make the Emperor happy. Rifa wants seven of the best guards, and he says Jakar might be there and he'll probably making his move tonight. It is a little surprising that Rifa went himself. I don't know. Again, thinking that it's, it takes quite a long time to get anywhere. Hmm. But still, Reefer is kind of that glory-hungry egomaniac that he has to be the one there himself. Yeah, because he went to Narn when they bombed it. Yeah, yes. Get in person. Well, he's specifically trying to uh, um, expose Londo, so he's got to be there to be part of that. 
Um, yeah, he's talking to somebody named Drigo. He's gonna capture Jakar. And next, Sheridan and Delin are in the war room trying to make sense of the shadow attacks when all of a sudden they see something. Yeah, it seems like yeah. this was weird. <laughs> figured out before. Yeah, this time they see it when the cameras are there. <laughs> um, looks like the shadows are hurting all the refugees into one area to make it easier to take them out. Well, and then there was this whole, like, yeah, this is a thing that's done in war. It's like, okay, why didn't you think of this before then? Because Dulin wasn't there. Because yeah. <laughs> he hasn't had time to, he hasn't gone on a walkabout. Oh. Sheridan says you have to think like them to free them out, and Dulin's saying no, 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 and she's going to take him to the <laughs> regular ceremony. I, I, I like this bit, it's just even though they haven't actually kissed yet, they're so a couple already. And, 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 oh, they've been and, a couple yeah. for a while. Yeah. Uh, uh, Delenn's just saying, no, 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 I know what's best for you. Come with me. I just love the way she shuts down immediately when he says that. Like, <laughs> yeah. There's nothing more horrifying than thinking like a shadow. <laughs> yeah. So, next scene, there are some inner... Little bits of cutting. Jakar and his people are ready to proceed. We see Veer rescued by Londo. Londo actually threw a punch. Although we don't actually get to see it. Yeah. Well, Veer says there's been a problem. Jakar and his people are going through the tunnels when they're intercepted by Reaper and his guys. And the Reverend William starts teeth preaching. He's talking about who the enemy is. It's not the aliens, it's fear. Fear tells you to hate, which is... I haven't finished my sentence, but he says that hate will destroy you. Paraphrasing souls and the other I was, I was, I was just about to say. Yep. I was trying to remember how it went, though. Fear was leads to anger. Anger leads to anger. <laughs> <laughs> yep, there it is. That, that's a quote from episode one, which was actually made after this, so... Yeah, yeah, it was actually quoting Reverend Dexter. <laughs> <laughs> First look is your thing. Well, the concept was there. Mm. Star Wars. What was Star Wars based on? Kind of. Mm. Are you sure that quote is from Episode One? I didn't. I thought it was uh, from the original. I yeah. thought. I thought it was when um, the Council are kind of talking to young Anakin. Well, they use it, but uh, I'm yeah. pretty sure Yo- Yoda it gets used, used it in the original. Um, yeah. In Empire? All right. I, I can't remember it from that. Maybe it was. It just. It, it may. It, it just felt like that was the one. One of the few good bits about Episode One that I remember. Yeah, I think that's the one that people quote the most, and it's yeah, in Episode One. But. Or at least the version that gets quoted. Oh, maybe. But I think the concept is there before. Gosh, it looks so weird in episode one. <laughs> yeah, they need to redo that and put in the put in the better version from the other yeah. episodes. Or put in Reverend Dexter. <laughs> mm, no. No, 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 no. <laughs> Leave Yoda alone. Um Garifa tells his guys what to do. They can do whatever they want to with everyone except Jakar. Jakar must live. But they don't move. 
as Jakar plays a message from Londo. And in the message, Londo says these guards are loyal to House Malari. And he ex- you know, goes on about how Rifa took a deer from him and he took the life of his dear friend, the previous emperor. I love how everyone's a dear friend of Londo. That's a thing. And he says the Narn are going to care, I mean, yeah, about what Rifa did to them. Oh, yeah. Londo. Although there's a nice touch in this where it, they, it's a hologram, but as in other places, a hologram gets its position absolutely right in this. It's, it's clear that it's a recording because it occasionally goes, walks through people or go, you know, points at the wrong person or through <laughs> the wrong head or something. Probably the instructions and point it this way. Mm. <laughs> point it yeah, just I just like that it wasn't perfect because that's usually how yeah. holograms are. It's like there's, a, it looks like there's a mm-hmm. person standing there because that's what actually how they film it. Usually, is the person's actually standing there and they just put some sort of haze over them. So it look, it really looked like it was filmed somewhere else. Oh, it does. I mean, the lighting's different, and as I said, it walks through people, which is how what would happen. I like Jakar's face when he walks through him. Yeah. <laughs> so that quote was from episode one. Wow. It's so weird how your mind plays that trick. Yeah. Or my mind does, at least. So I, I definitely think Jakar had to know, definitely had to know about the uh, plan before he left Babylon 5 because he had to bring that message with him. Oh, yeah. yeah. Right. So Londo had to have gone to Jakar at some point. Yeah, I imagine he had to go to Jakar first. Like that was, he had to secure that part of the plan first. Yeah. There's some guy arguing that Yoda was wrong when he said that. <laughs> I saw that. <laughs> <laughs> Don't argue with Yoda. That's right. You can argue about anything else, but. Not Yoda. I mean, Londo is so deceitful. I don't know. I just, I mean, this whole thing just pisses me off. I mean, he's, he's blaming everything on Rifa. Like, he has no part in any of this, mm-hmm. you know? And he's like, um, he's not good. Sorry, um, I did talk over it. Ugh. Oh, it's okay. He's got his revenge, so does he still need more than, still, I don't know. So, yeah, Reverend William asked everyone Oh, and, to... sorry, and <laughs> it's so rude to say, I'm only going to let these a thousand Narns free. Like, I'll let these ones free, but I won't let these ones free until you do what I want you to do. Yeah. Uh, Basically kill somebody for me. I know you want to, but still, like, I don't know. Londo can yeah. suck it as uh, suffering. <laughs> <laughs> Reverend William asks everyone to rise, and Londo goes on to explain how he's given, yeah, Londo documents to prove Rifa's crimes, and he killed five or six million Narns, and they would like to thank him personally. And just in case Jakar doesn't believe him, he's arranged to have 2,000 Narns released to make it look like Rifa did it, and it will discredit Rifa's house. So the Centauri guards leave. And Jakar tells his guys to make sure his crystals found on his body and leave his face and head intact for identification. 
the rest of you was. Up until he said that, I wasn't sure which way Jakar would go because, I mean, he has been sort of doing, a, um, having a bit of a religious awakening yeah. lately. And there was that juxtaposition with the whole sermon, you know? Mm-hmm. So yeah. I was really unsure. And then, yeah, this was an interesting scene. And I like the way that they cu- cut between the singing and the fleeing. Yeah, yeah that's quite nice. Yeah. Uh, especially at the end where um, the Narns are still beating away at um, Reefer and Jakar is walking away at that point. He, he's, yeah, had, he, he's had his justice. Anything beyond this would be, um, you know, pointless or you know, more going into revenge rather than justice, so that's the way I read it, and that's why he's walking away. Whereas for the rest of the nine, this is still about revenge. Yeah, um... I guess he's, yeah, revenge, and he wanted to help get 2,000 people free, so maybe that's why he went along with it. Yeah, the the intercutting is really. I think it's one of the most memorable scenes in the series. Just the the way it plays out, and it's so much better than the last time they used music in the show. So, <laughs> wait, what was the last time? <laughs> Which was the last uh, episode I was singer? on? Walkabout. Yeah, that was the. Uh, yeah. I think I said oh, last yeah. time. Said last time there was going to be a connection between my two episodes, and that was it. <laughs> yeah, the music in both of them. So the choir starts singing No Hiding Place Down Here, which I really, I really like the song. Arifa <laughs> <laughs> tries to run, but they capture him and beat the crap out of him. <laughs> See, uh, apparently this um, scene was inspired by a scene in the movie Cabaret where there's, you know, somebody getting beaten up, but there's also something intercut with something kind of comical going on. Uh. Yeah, I think a, th- a few movies have done that now. Um, I'm, tr- I'm trying to think if they did that in an Indiana Jones movie or not. That's uh, it's 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 a nice version of the whole. Um, well, I suppose it's become a trope now. Um, but he, because on top of just cut between the song and this chase sequence, you've also got shots of. Delenn and Lanier kind of being really awkward, uh, not sure <laughs> what to do. Yeah, you see that a lot now, don't you? Yeah. yeah. It's just, um... And there was a question about the rabbi singing along with JBS. was like, yeah, we were in somebody else's church. You, you know, just to be polite, you, you know, do what they're doing. Yeah, and plus yeah. it looked kind of like a little fun, fun song yeah. to, you know, to join in, you know. Yeah. Words, you know, the Mumbari aren't quite that boisterous, so it's they're trying to join him, but they they, they look really uncomfortable. <laughs> mm-hmm. Sheridan was a little more enthusiastic about it. Yeah. Apparently, did he grow up yeah. Jesuit too? I forget. <laughs> no, he grew up uh, the son of an ambassador who went around the world, and I believe Sheridan. Spoke with a, um, oh, what are they called? Basically, a d- different type of religious figure. Um, oh, yeah, that's it. That pr- the present Dalai Lama. 
So whereas Sinclair was raised by Jesuits, Sheridan got to speak with the Dalai Lama. Uh, apparently the guy who plays Lord Rifa was bummed out when he found out he was dying. He was worried that they were unhappy with his performance and that's why they killed him off. Oh. And <laughs> put him aside and explained everything and said, you know, we might use you again somewhere down the line. Just puts you under a lot of makeup. <laughs> well, it, uh, honestly, the character that you're playing, wouldn't you think you were going to die at some point? <laughs> yeah. 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 Kind of an a-hole. <laughs> and kind of, you know, how you know we can't have two extremely dark um, uh, Centauri because Lando's kind of taking your role now, anyway. Yeah, yeah, I think he did pretty, you know, fine in his performance. He really hated him, so <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. He cheered when he died, so he did your job. Yeah, right? that's right. <laughs> Lando gives a data crystal to Minister Barini that they found on Rifa's body. <laughs> that Chikara people put there. It says Rifa was playing both sides and Barini thanks him for bringing this to his attention. Says the Emperor will be grateful. I mean, he looks skeptical though. Yeah. Well, I think he was more skeptical that Lando kind of over the pudding was saying, oh, and he was planning to kill you as well. Yes, of course he was, Lando. Right, just as I just I say, your feud has to stop. Your feud stops. <laughs> In a very advantageous way to you. Yeah. So afterwards, Veer is pissed off that Lando used him. I knew, but I guess I didn't. Really, Veer? You're still surprised by this? <laughs> yeah. Come on, Veer. Just, yeah. just start moving your family elsewhere. Yeah, just slowly, secretly move them to Minbar. <laughs> <laughs> You'll have a job there. Yeah. They'll give you something. So finally, we see the White Star going through hyperspace. Delin has a surprise for Sheridan. Of course, she does. Does <laughs> she always has a surprise? I know, why didn't she tell him this stuff beforehand? So they've been working to construct a fleet of white stars. It's never meant to be one of a kind. So now they have a fighting chance against the shadows. Sheridan seems impressed and in front of a whole bunch of white stars, they share a kiss. Oh! So, was, was there anybody else there? Where were they exactly? They were on the well, white they star. Were they were on the, the ship. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. I, I completely missed that and I didn't watch it again. Um, so, okay. For some reason, I thought they were, like, in front of the entire count, like, the war council. <laughs> I was like, no, that's too much. No, <laughs> uh, they're, they're just in front of Hullbridge, full of, um, Membari. Yeah, I was <laughs> just... Like, uh, Membari are, like, looking elsewhere. <laughs> like, oh! Hmm. I mean, my whole thing was just, like, you think she would have mentioned sometime before now that they've been working on other ships to help? Like, well, that might have helped with Sheridan's stress level. Well, you know, yeah. <laughs> she's kind of, she's still in her lost mentality, even though this is comes before lost. Because, you know, nobody on Lost ever told anybody anything. And oh, she that. kind of does that, you know? She just does her thing, and when she feels it's convenient, then she fills you in. 
I think that's the well, Minbari thing, you know, like they knew yeah. about the Babylon 4 for a thousand years, but didn't say anything. <laughs> and also, she's recently lost one of her mentors in Kosh, so you kind of, and I've got to be more Kosh-like, you know, keep even more secrets and be all vague because we don't have Kosh anymore. I will take his place. Yeah, JMS's answer was, well, as she indicates, she didn't have them before. I don't think she was so much withholding information if they just weren't ready yet and the need for them wasn't there yet. Okay, yeah, the need mean for them isn't there. Doesn't mean you don't talk about them until they're all complete. So <laughs> yeah. the war. I know there are times where I don't like to talk about stuff until like I'm ready, like if I'm working on something. Don't want to show it until I'm ready, but this is different. This is a war. Yeah. <laughs> but still, still, a fleet of white stars is a huge thing. We've seen what one can do. Yeah. Uh, I mean, there was a poster, I think, in the last week, basically on a Babylon Five group on Facebook, asking which is better, the white star, a white star, or Defiant. And my answer is white star because you don't have a fleet of Defiants. <laughs> That was never done. You've got a yeah. whole fleet of white stars here at your disposal. Now, do they have to be driven by Mambari? No, she was saying the rangers will fly them. Oh, yeah. Duh. So that's humans yeah. and Mambari. Delen just uh, likes the big reveal. That's the problem. Yeah, that's why she she's likes so the drama. She's she like, yes! <laughs> plus, plus, she knew how... Um, Turned on, John would get by this. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. It's well, you haven't kissed me yet. What do I have to do? Yeah. It's gonna build you, a, build him a fleet of white stars, and see, see what happens. That works. And there's like a the Taj Mahal. There's a very tiny <laughs> little hint uh, to this in the previous episode when um, Naroon says that the religious caste has been building ships, mm. and and so far as we know, they've only built one ship. So. But he are, he knows, of course, that they've been building a whole fleet. Mm. We end the episode at Z minus ten days. Z. Z. Zaha Doom. That's where I was going. Yep. Mm. Ten days. The yeah. S is gonna hit the fan in ten days. <laughs> Probably conveniently at the end of the season. Season. <laughs> So at the end of the year, it's weird how that works on Babylon. Yeah, hmm. big stuff always happens on New Year's Eve or Christmas <laughs> or whatever. Or they never have—I don't think they've had Christmas yet. But well, you think they dread the end of the year? I know. <laughs> of course, we had Alien played by Bill Blair this episode. Good for him. Um, now that my. Computers frozen up. I'm pretty sure I'm gonna have to replace this laptop soon. Do we have any quotes? Uh, I know you weren't keen on uh, the whole interplay between Theo and uh, Dexter, but Theo does have one good line in it. So it's he seems to think that if he does not say my name, that I do not know he is referring to me. I can only assume someone has been spray-painting the word idiot on my back again. Yeah. The Rock says, Brother Theo needs to shut his damn mouth. (laughs) 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 
I have one from Garibaldi with this isn't going to be easy. Jakar, nothing worthwhile ever is. That was a good one. Mm, yeah. There was one that I didn't write down and they don't have it on IMDb, but something, I think it was Londo talking to Veer or something about, um, something about the people who, um, who are guards always have harder heads. And then there was a uh, Nimari uh, yeah, joke uh, in uh, there. Uh, oh, uh, I think uh, they yeah. choose them based on the strength of their, by the cut their bone structure. Yeah, like that. Yeah. Cut into bone structure in their heads. Why don't they hire Membari? Yeah, that was it. I, I liked that one, but I didn't write it down. So thanks okay. guys. Yeah. Open me out. Yeah. <laughs> I got one. Um, it's, uh, I believe it's Delenn and uh, John together. I'm having the kind of nightmares that make your hair stand on end. Well, that would explain the Centauri. Yeah, yeah. That was, <laughs> that was great, too. Uh, actually, which is actually almost meta because we know men Bari have nightmares about their own deaths. <laughs> so he said Tari have nightmares about their own deaths. Even veterans like me get the two races confused. <laughs> Are there any other quotes? Mm, this one isn't no. too quotable. Okay. Um, let's do our character of the week. Who is human of the week? Um, Sheridan. <laughs> I, I know there's like a question there. I I <laughs> I guess. Yeah, I guess. I can't really give it to. I don't want to give it to Theo or. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm not. Sure. Give it to it's the guy not, from the mummy. I was going to say um the Buddhist monk who never said a word. <laughs> <laughs> It's probably Carl's pick. Probably. <laughs> yeah, this is Sheridan. Um. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, I was, well, I I was checking Carl's pick. Uh, uh, we'll get there in a minute. <laughs> um, uh, who's our alien? Uh, alien. Um, it's going to be difficult. There's a lot on them this week. Not Londo. Yeah, not Londo. Veer was kind of a dupe. So, I don't know, Jakar? Jakar was mm. Oliver Benji. Stationary uh, the, Jakar's bodyguard? The Len <laughs> has <laughs> really <laughs> nice moments. Oh, yeah, yeah there's the Len. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah Delenn. Well, it's uh, hard yeah, to remember Delenn. if she's human or alien. Or <laughs> yeah. well, well, Delenn actually, you know, forced Sheridan Sand and, you know, made him do some stuff this month and actually finally got a kiss out of him. <laughs> That's an accomplishment. Um, we could give it to uh, Rifa for his final appearance. Never. <laughs> oh, no, no, we can't give it to Rifa. It'd just be wrong. 
It's hard. Well, I'm actually tempted My vote to is Delenn. <laughs> yeah, I'm fine with Delenn. So it's Sheridan and Delenn. Hmm. Oh. Barf. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I posted on Facebook. I was hanging out with some guys and found out they were Babylon 5 fans. And never, well, some of them I already knew, but just never knew they were Babylon 5 fans. And we were talking about Sinclair versus um, Sheridan, and there was some Sinclair love there. So kind of surprising. <laughs> well, we uh, we liked him better after he was gone. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I have to say, I I have never, I don't have any friends that are Babylon Five. <laughs> I don't either, as far as I know. Well, maybe online. One guy was had just finished rewatching it, like he would, said he would come home every day and watch some Babylon Five. Now he's working on Star Trek. It's fine. <laughs> Tell us. <laughs> no, I love I love Star Trek. But um he's watching Enterprise, which is probably the worst one. Um but <laughs> um, well, especially because it's all make believe it's all holograph you know, holodeck program for Riker. <laughs> is that not the whole thing, is it? I thought it was just mm. Well, you you never told otherwise. Hmm. Wow. I feel like I we should say spoilers for Star Trek here or something. <laughs> I have no idea, but I don't think I don't describe to that. Theory. No, it, no, it's all right because it's literally the worst thing Star Trek's ever done. So uh, we can Nobody we can spoil cares. we can spoil that scene. <laughs> okay. Like, 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 I will I will never know any difference, so it doesn't matter the, to me. At the drop of a hat, I will spoil the end of Dexter to anyone who asks. So. Wow. It's, it's the worst thing TV's ever made. Well, yeah. <laughs> I'll do it uninvited, but if you bring up Dexter, I'm going to tell you how it ends. I would just That's say, mean. like, stop stop oh. two minutes before the yeah, ending, I, and you'd be fine. I would say go through season five, but... Uh, yeah, that's my alternative uh, recommendation. And... Uh, yeah, it goes to season five and just quit there. <laughs> so we want to rate this episode. Jason, what do you think? Um, I like this one pretty well. I chose it. so um, And um, it's not super great. The, 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 I think the the religious figures are a little too too clearly the writer coming out in in the in the episode. Uh, but I like the stuff with Jakar and uh, Londo, and I like the stuff with the White Stars, so I give it 8 out of 10, hair standing on end. How <laughs> <laughs> about you, Heidi? Um, I like this one pretty good, especially after the last couple that have been <laughs> so awful. Um, <laughs> so I'm going to give it a 7 out of 10 secret stashes of White Stars. Uh. <laughs> uh, what about you, Beth? Uh, yeah, it was pretty good. Um, it moved things along, and we finally have that kiss behind us. <laughs> and I don't know. 
I kind of like some of it about the whole Jakar thing and Rifa and I don't know. I hate Londo, but but in a good way. So I'm gonna give it eight um, trees that Sheridan Delin are sitting in. <laughs> <laughs> How do you hide a bunch of like stars? Yeah, you don't even get to be triumphant that uh, Londo got his revenge. No, since, since you know, so... you know, it's not. He's not correct in his uh, beliefs, so. Tainted justice. Mm. What do you think, Ian? Yeah, well, I'm so glad we're past those two awful episodes in season three that bring season three down a little bit. We're here again in the meat of Babylon 5. I, I enjoyed it. It's. Not the brilliance of uh, War Without End, but what can be, really. Uh, yeah. Delenn and Sheridan, awesome. And even though it's awful seeing the stuff Londo's doing, it's brilliant viewing at the same time. And his machinations. And Reaper is dead. Reaper, you, you just enjoy that scene, seeing him die, so... I'm going to have to say seven and a half. Oh, <clears throat> excuse me. I'm going to have to say seven and a half Sheridan and Delaine smooches out of ten. All right. Yeah, I like the episode. The whole uh, story with the religious leaders brought it down a little bit for me, but the rest was really good, especially the scene with the uh, intercut with the choir and the stuff on Norn. So I'll give it 8 out of 10 rocks that won't let you hide under them. (laughs) (laughs) So that's a total of 7.7. So, Elizabeth, what would you have rated last week's episode? Oh my god, last week's episode was so bad. (laughs) I I, I like that I just, if you pretend like the B story, well, I guess the Galt A story doesn't exist. It's a really good episode. <laughs> what, last week? Yeah. What was you, the other, well, te- the, technically was the, the Garibaldi one? Right. I think they call that the A story, but it's less than half the episode. So I just like to pretend it's the B story and that. Oh, the other one was with Delenn and Arun and Marcus. Right. I didn't even care for that. <laughs> <laughs> um,. I would probably give it a four. A four dummies. Like, weird freak. That was the freakiest part. That was the best part right there. (laughs) (laughs) Amazing booby trap dummies. Yeah. I I think you've actually rated it higher than the rest of us did. Maybe highly harsh. Made it softest (laughs) in my mind. Yeah. Time is, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, I think think, uh, I said, I thought it was... When I was on Walkabout, I thought it was, I said it wasn't the worst to come. And I was thinking of Cray 17. But I actually think because I like the, uh, Delenn stuff in it that I liked it better than Walkabout. Well, let's look under every rock and see if we can find feedback land. Alright, first we have a comment from Uh, the board says, for me, it's an indication of just how good season three is that this isn't my favorite episode in the season because I love and the rock cried out no hiding place. The episode has its flaws, 
It only gets away with the twist in which Jakar and Londo turn out to be working together because the scenes in which that was arranged take place off screen. It's very hard to imagine a conversation between the two, given what we know their relationship to be. That would be sufficient to persuade Jakar to trust Londo enough to go along with this. But who cares? This is one of the great moments in the overall story of Londo, who for me is the five's most compelling character. It's also a great moment for Veer, and one shouldn't forget about the Sheridan story, which finds another twist. It's a twist? Which finds another twist on the trick of showing how Sheridan's status as heroic space captain, in this case his ability to always find a way to win, is close to making him the villain of the story. Wow. I didn't thought about that. <laughs> oh, yeah, I know. Yeah, I know what you're saying. Okay. Plus, and the rock cried out in a hiding place contains what is probably the most effective televisual sequence in B5. Sci-fi TV from the 90s, and B5 is not really an exception to this as a rule, is pretty straightforward as television. It's meat and potato storytelling that gets the job done, but there aren't all that many things that strike the strike one as memorable things to do in and of themselves. Barifa being savagely beaten to death, intercut with scenes of worship, all to the tune of a peppy and uplifting gospel number. I don't think I'll ever forget that. Thank you, Lord. Yes, that was. That's, that's my favorite scene of the episode. Next, we have email from Lori and Carl. Okay, I'll take that one. Our commentary from while watching. Ivanova's voiceover... Better than Sarah Connor voiceovers. <laughs> Carl yes. says he hates all voiceovers. Uh, uh, Jakar, he may be annoying, but he is so sincere. Londo and Veer. Yeah, Veer. What elegant headquarters, but nasty blue jello. Poor Veer having to listen to Londo's crazy plans. Worst job ever. Brother Theo is back. It is a religious convention. We have all the major religions represented. Evil-looking Centauri arrive. Carl says they should be taken out before they get on the ship. During the scene with Delenn and Sheridan, Carl pauses to set up a hypothetical battlefield with the Shadows, allies, and psychics, and plays it out. He believes the Shadows are using a chaos tactic. If they are totally unpredictable, then they cannot be predicted in battle. Delenn tells a joke about nightmares making the Centauri's hair stand on end. <laughs> she really has become more human. <laughs> We hear about Natoth. Oh no, Londo is using her as bait. Will Veer do it? He does not seem to have a choice. Veer and Jakar. Carl says no way that Veer did it, since they did not show the scene. Poor Veer is captured. Carl thinks he needs to carry a weapon. Was Londo planning for Veer to get captured? Londo thinks that he can do something risky like a double bluff and still win, because Veer will become emperor regardless. Londo is too clever to get outmaneuvered. Hmm. The scene with Sheridan and the Reverend has one of my favorite quotes of the series. He sees so much more. At the end, Carl says he was right and admires Londo's great strategic move. Amazing music montage, love Lanier's expression. Carl loved <laughs> Jakar's line about leaving the face intact. Carl's rating, three OMG, finally. Set Curry building on Narn. And we thought it was our ship. And we thought it was one of a kind. <laughs> <laughs> wooing omg they finally kissed <laughs> flora yeah. plants on narn death rifa betrayal guards 
Complaint. Sheridan getting dragged out of the war room by Delenn. Human monk. Yes, he picked the monk, like we said. <laughs> hey. Alien. None. Um, Lori's rating, 8.5 out of 10. Human reverend alien veer. Quote, you know, before I got married, Emily used to come by sometimes and help me clean out my apartment. Well, I asked her, how come you're so eager to help clean up my place when your place is just as bad? She said, because cleaning up your place helps me to forget what a mess I've made of mine. And when I sweep my floor, all I've done is sweep my floor. But when I help you clean up your place, I am helping you. Aww. Aww. Thanks, Lori and Carl. Yeah, thanks. And thank you for all as well. We've got to thank you. Always good. Um, next, we have an email from Evelyn. And I'll take that one. Dear Will and Company. Oh, Will, you get uh, <laughs> prioritized in this. Hey, is that just me? <laughs> I enjoy, I continue to enjoy your podcast, and I'm looking forward to hearing your thoughts on this episode. And the Rock Code Out No Hiding Place. No Hiding Place is one of my favorite episodes of the series. From the opening scene with Ivanova's voiceover to the role of credits, it takes a hold of you and never lets go. Loved the scenes with Brother Theo and Rev Will, and also Delenn and Sheridan, where she questions him about being cranky. It was also good to see that there was some active resistance amongst the Earth population as a reference by the ministers during the dinner and the exchange of data crystals. Reverend Rill's chat with Sheridan was a bit hokey, but I guess it was an attempt to show even John can feel a bit overwhelmed by the pressures of the mission. But of course, the best scene was a combination of Londo's plan to exact revenge on Reefer using misinformation to trap him. While they... While the way he used Veer is understandable, given the circumstances, one must wonder whether this will change Veer's attitude towards Londo and his willingness to use anyone to accomplish his goals. The use of shots of Reefer getting what he deserved and the people singing in the chapel was brilliant. Overall, I'd rate it at a 10. My favourite human in this episode, John. Favourite alien, Londo, for his brilliant way of disposing of an enemy. enemy. Favourite quote from Reverend Will. Every day, here and at home, we are warned about the enemy. But who is the enemy? Is it, is it the alien? Well, we are all alien to one another. Is it the one who believes differently than what we do? No. Oh, no, my friends. The enemy is fear. The enemy is ignorance. The enemy mm. is the one who tells you that you must hate which is diff- what which is different. Because in the end, that hate will turn on you. And that same hate will destroy you. Until next time, Evelyn Raymond. Um, the path to the dark side. Yeah. <laughs> thanks, Evelyn. Thank you. Next, we have an email from Brian. 
I'll read that one. Brian says, Dear Down Belowers, my friend Josh, who runs the, the Fuck Yes Sinclair Tumblr account, and I went to the same church growing up. Each year, the high school kids planned and prepared a Sunday service in May. They got to plan everything, including picking the music. For four years, we tried desperately to get the church to sing No Hiding Place. Unfortunately, it was not already in our church hymnal, and the leaders of the youth group quickly caught on that we were trying to get one past them. It may be one of the greatest failures of mine that we did not get to, we did not have a little church in Ohio singing some original JMS music. Maybe one day my children can fulfill my legacy. <laughs> that being said, I truly enjoyed this episode. It may not be filled with us shattering secrets or push the shadow war forward, but it feels as if the show is firing on all cylinders. There are great character moments in this episode. Sheridan and the Reverend talking helps us to see what Sheridan is going through and why he is protecting Delin, the push and pull, and the push and pull relationship that Londo and Veer have. Furthermore, watching Lord Rifa scrambling for his life just feels good. Maybe that says more about me than the show, but only a doctor can determine that. And unfortunately, my general practitioner is currently on walkabout. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry for you. Frankly, it's your doctor. <laughs> okay. Inappropriate face touching. <laughs> <laughs> finally, it's so satisfying to finally end an episode on a shimmer of hope. It looks as if we have finally figured out the purpose of the worker cast in Minbari culture. I give the episode an eight and a half mutilated reef of carcasses out of ten. And yes, after the Nards are done with him, it's possible to have a one half. <laughs> <laughs> Human of the Week, Reverend Dexter, Alien. The Narn that was speaking to Jakar about the dust on the planet. Wayne Alexander is always my favorite. Code of the week. One. Almost anything Londo says. Nonsense. You're not important enough to kill. And Reverend Dexter. I'd rather do something and make a mistake than be frightened into doing nothing. That's the problem back home. Folks have been conned into thinking they can't change the world. Have to accept what is. I'll tell you something, my friends. The world is changing every day. The only question is, who's doing it? Warden. <laughs> At the moment. That's all for now. Looking forward to hearing from you in 13 days. Thank you, Brian. Thank you. So you wonder where the 13 is coming from. I don't know. <laughs> is he just, well, um, 13 was on the... Um, oh, when we started the... Yeah, now we're down to 10, though. Next, we have an email from Yan... So Yan says, hello, down belowers. Here's a bit of feedback for the episode and the rock cried out, no hiding place. I still don't get the title. But anyway. Um, no, I don't know if you were here when we talked about that. Um, oh, yeah, I yes. left for a minute. Oh, it was the, that's the name of a goth and gospel song. It's a, I okay. think it was a quote from the Bible and that ended up being used as the name of a gospel song. Okay. See, that makes more sense. Yeah. Oh wait, what was that? What was that question? Um, no. Oh wait, what was that? Z minus fourteen days. Any guesses, dear ambassadors? Yes, we've discussed that. Uh, Sheridan is exhausted. Oh, brother Theo is back, and so annoying and so comforting, as Ivanova says. <laughs> Jakar wants Narns as bodyguards for the telepaths, and Londo will get rid of Jakar. We get some lovely bantering from Brother Theo and the Reverend Dexter. What if Dexter was actually a reverend 
um, Dexter Morgan. <laughs> oh, <laughs> <laughs> different. Uh, mm. Never mind. Sorry. <laughs> yes, that would be that would be a different show. Um, completely. Uh, oh no, Lord Rifa is here. The scene with Sheridan and Delend and her dictionary lookup, and Sheridan hears nothing. I love the whole exchange, but Delenn finally gets through. Not quite playing fair. And Londo will use Natoth to draw Jakar away from his sanctuary on the station. Veer wants nothing of that, but has to do it. Poor Veer. Reverend Dexter takes a chance coming there, but they all accept the risk. I just noticed that Veer posed the Morden question to his captors. Poor Veer, having the info taken from his mind. And Reverend Dexter is playing shrink with Sheridan, and does it well. He's a knower of people. I like him quite a bit. Jukar comes home, and Rifa is very confident of his victory. If only he knew, he walks right into Londo's trap. And Delenn is appalled at Sheridan's thinking about strategy. Her reaction is just so amusing. The final cutting between the service at the station and Rifa's last moments is very powerful. Yes, disconcerting as it was meant to be. I like that Jukar just leaves the scene. And finally, Sheridan is in for a big surprise. There is more than one white star. And there we go, Delenn's first kiss with Sheridan. Now for the favorites. Human, Reverend Dexter. Alien, difficult, almost a tie between Londo, Veer, and Jakar. But I think I will go for Veer. Quotes. Here are some, hopefully, a few that you have not had already. Uh, Jakar. If the symmetry were more perfect, I should think one of us may break into tears. Delenn. Well, you have been sitting here trying to think illogical about logical possibilities or logically about illogical possibilities. Sheridan, yes. Delenn, no wonder you are cranky, grouchy. Never mind. Your face just broke the language barrier. And Reverend Dexter, we had the one about changing the world. Uh, Jakar and Garibaldi. And we had that one. The This isn't going to be easy. Um, Reverend Dexter, Theo, people around here need all the joy they can get. Theo, oh, Rapture. Sheridan, and so now you want, you just want me to turn all this over to God, right? Reverend Dexter, when God comes knocking at your door, you won't need me or anyone else to tell you what that sound is. Especially if in this universe, God is Kosh. Um, and that was me. Sorry, that wasn't Yen. <laughs> hmm. Um, Reverend Dexter. I can't remember if we did this one. So. Uh, I think we just did. Um, okay. Yeah, it's the quote about ignorance of beer. Yeah, okay. Um, let's see. Londo and Veer. Uh, Veer, but I could have been killed. Londo, nonsense. You're not important enough to kill. Veer, but I am important enough to be lied to. I used to think I knew you, Londo, but I never knew you. Did I? Rating. I love this episode quite a lot, so I rate it nine Narns chasing Lord Rifa. That's all for today. Be careful, for you have passed the point of no return. Yan the Babylon Lurker. Thank you, Yan. Yeah, thank you. Next, we have an email from, I think it's Yasto. Yeah. yeah. Greetings down below, casters. Here's my feedback for And the Rock Ride Out No Hiding Place. I wonder what the ambassadors will have made of the Z minus stays. Countdown happening within this episode. We've gone from 14 to 10 over the course of it. So I guess at least we know this episode spans exactly four days. Once we've done with the teaser, largely done as an Ivanova voiceover, the first scene after the credits 
could come straight out of a book of 23rd century bad jokes. So a priest, a rabbi, and an imam, Buddhist, and a Buddhist monk walk into a space station. There's no punchline, though. The main reason for being there is serious. Bringing intelligence from Earth to Babylon 5. It's nice to see unorthodox, or should that be orthodox, channels of communication like Brother Theo's contacts being used this way. That's a good joke for Josh, though. <laughs> Wills, that is to say Reverend Dexter's advice to Sheridan, seems a bit too much for someone who's been on the station for less than a day. Speaking of Sheridan, Delenn is now taking over, managing his time, forcing him to have dinner with guests. She's also helping him to be logically illogical. Hashtag shadow logic. Hmm. After finding a hidden pattern in the shadow attacks, the show... She shows him the first wave of white stars that have been completed and the episode ends with a sorry and at the episode end of the episode they share a kiss his second her first as a result of the time jump complications but while Sheridan and Delane get the big moment to finish on the big story in this episode belongs to Lando and Jakar Lando tricks Veer who thinks he's being used to trick Jakar, although it's actually all meant to trick Reefer. Jakar has himself smuggled into Narn, uh, into the Narn homeworld, and gathers a team of Narns to make, to take out Reefer, according to the plan Lando has set up. Lando doesn't take part in the violence, though, and turns and walks away. Apparently, bloody revenge is no longer attractive as it would have been to, to season one to car. The violence on Narn is thrown into stark contrast by the lack of an audio score on the Narn side, with an upbeat rendition of No Hiding Place played across the Narn scene on the, cha- on the station. I feel the scene would have, wouldn't have had nearly as much impact with a regular punch, grunt, and yell soundtrack. Quotes. Big concerns grow from small concerns. You plant them, water them with tears, fertilise them with unconcern. If you ignore them, they grow. That was a Londo quote. Um, Brother Theo, I've heard you sing, Will. And believe me, that is not what the good Lord had in mind when he said, make a joyful noise of another. Hello, Brother Theo, and neither is that. Sheridan, something here doesn't make sense. Delane, that's what I thought when I came across the word crotchety. This cannot be a real word, I said. Uh, Lunder, remember Jakar. Sorry, remember Jakar's aside and Toth? Veer, remember, I still have the claw marks. Ah, uh, Reverend Will Dexter. The world is changing every day. The only question is, who's doing it? Londo. 
sometimes I think they choose guards for the amount of bone content in their heads. They might, might as well hire Membaris. Veer, Londo, they could have killed me. Londo, nonsense. You're not important enough to kill. Favourite characters, Alien, Veer for the incredible emotional range Stephen First shows in this one. Human Brother Theo, a beautiful portrayal of an odd couple friendship with Reverend Dexter. Honourable mention, Linear for the Bumius look on his face as the gospel singer starts. Episode rating, 12 out of 14 Z minus Danes, Yasto from the Netherlands. Oh. 12 out of 14. <laughs> Thanks, Yasto. Mm, yeah, interesting rating. Uh, next, we have an email from Victor. Victor says, This is an episode in which we finally say goodbye to slimy Lord Aretha. Well, they say you should only speak good of the dead, so here goes. Lord Aretha is dead. Good. <laughs> now, with that out of the way, this was a good episode with lots of double dealing and backstabbing. Unfortunately, Londo forces poor Veer to serve as an unwilling accomplice when he sets a trap for Jakar. It seems that nasty Londo has returned, and he threatens not only to discredit Veer, but also to ruin the house of Veer for the next ten generations or so. I'm sure we all hate seeing Veer bullied like that, but at least Londo was playing a double game because Veer is the only centaur with enough integrity to lure Rifa into Londo's trap. I would give Londo bonus points for cunning, but then he loses those points for being so cruel to Veer. It's a good thing Veer has such a sweet disposition. You don't want to be abusing someone who may become emperor someday. Anyway, Veer's hurt feelings are a small price to pay for Rifa being dead. There's a B story going on, too, with some mushy stuff between Sheridan and Delin, and the episode ends with some long-awaited, even mushier stuff as she delivers a fleet of white stars. I suppose this means Sheridan was the face that launched a thousand ships. <laughs> Mostly done. So this episode's rating would be 8, but I add a one-point bonus for the death of Rifa for a total of nine Rifa-shaped piñatas. <laughs> Regards, Victor. Thank you, Victor. Thank you. Yes, we have an email from Derek. Yeah, dearest ambassadors, the only thing I sorry, the only thing that would have made this episode more awesome was if Brother Theo had actually wrestled the Rock in a steel cage match, and Leith smacked down on him using the combination of his cure-like confessions of pain and his patented seven deadly scenes of my fist punch. My favourite human, Theo, favourite alien, is irrelevant because no alien could stand up to my brother from another mother this week. Well, at least Theo goes out on a high note. Farewell, you fighting-feeling introspective monk who stole my heart. I also like the combination of the gospel music and the smackdown of Lord Rifa. It reminded me of when Londo invaded Narnia with those forbidden asteroid launcher thingies and it was inspired, interspersed with Jakar praying in his quarters. Overall, a rating of 8.5 out of 10 steel cage matches. 
Well done. My prediction for next week's shadow dancing is that the shadows and the Alliance of Light finally allowed to get along with one another through the magic of in- interpretive dance. Nice. That is all. And continue on. My favourite podcasters on the internet, Derek. Thank Thanks you, Derek. Derek. <laughs> Next, we have email from Melanie. Melanie says, Hi, down below. Here are my thoughts on And the Rock Cried Out No Hiding Place, a.k.a. the episode where no one says what's going on until the end of it. Brother Theo is finally back after having disappeared for most of the season. I would have loved to see some of that coordinating with the resistance on the show. Maybe we should have seen the ISN underground. His associates agree with Ivana, but that Sheridan has been carrying on cranky, which I'll have to agree to. Maybe the White Star Fleet and some singing would cheer him up. The intercut between the service and Rifa on NAR was one of the best I've seen, which brings me to the storyline I remember when I think of this, this episode. Lando and Jakar are really effective when they work together. They should do it more often. I'm guessing that Lando approached Jakar with this plan before sending Veer, but probably after releasing a thousand Narns. I can't really think of anything else that would make Jakar willing to listen. Then we get the scene with Lando and Veer. Jakar apparently know about Lincoln. <laughs> I would have loved to see the scene where he found out. Also, there's something wrong with the society in which the phrase, I will reveal that you saved 2,000 lives, is a threat. Despite the revelations about scenes, I would have wanted to see, I really like this episode. I've seen it many times and I'm still cheering when Rifa is trying to find a hiding place. Rating 9.3, bonus for Rifa being left with the non-resistance 0.52, Final rating, 9.82. Human of the Week, Brother Theo, Alien, another tie between Jakar and Veer. Quotes, uh, the one about nothing ever being easy. Uh, the one about Centauri hair standing on end. Best regards, Melanie, the Krakowian Veer fan. Yeah, thanks, Melanie, and thanks everyone sending feedback, because we've had 16 pages worth of feedback in this week. Yes, thanks for all the feedback. Uh, One of my friends and I were talking about Krakow yesterday. I can't remember what we were talking about. A friend of mine is going to Europe. Might be going there. All right, let's do predictions. The name of the next episode is Shadow Dancing. (laughs) 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 Oh, (laughs) dancing. Well, you see, the shadows—they, um, they have a thing for uh, square dancing, and so <laughs> out there in space—that's what they're—that's their pattern, right there. It's yeah, the it's a dosey do. <laughs> <laughs> they like to boogie. Um, shadows really like to boogie. That's why. <laughs> so they they get into it, I guess. Um. It start. It starts. The uh, the thr- the initial thrusts of the the big Z. I don't know. <laughs> I just yeah. think that you know we're not going to be able to get a whole big war by the end of the season, right? 
only have two episodes left. Yeah, so where is it gonna... Hmm. Where is it gonna so, end? I feel like it has to end on Zaha Doom. Yeah, and there's gonna be... You know, the twist. Been, do not go there. Yeah, exactly. And but I'm not sure how that's gonna change everything. Right. Um... I, yeah, I, I can't <laughs> speculate on that. Um, but I just feel like they're going to find something out or something's going to happen that's just going to, we're going to be ended on a cliffhanger and it's going to change the whole perspective on the mm-hmm. Shadow War. Yeah, because um, I don't think we're just going to go through a whole nother season of, okay, we've got to fight the shadows. Yeah. Oh, yeah, let's hope not. Um,. No, they've been building up to it for a long time. Uh-huh. Um, I, I feel like we have to get a little bit more of a tidbit about what Earth's involvement is, you know? They've teased us with it a little bit, and I feel like we need to know... I don't know, it just seems something that we need to find out a little bit more about before the end of the season. Uh-huh. We need um, to know, like, what Morden is doing on Earth, I feel like. Mm-hmm. Yep. And... Uh, I don't know if it, yeah, I don't know. There's just not enough time. There's only two episodes left. There's not enough time. I mean, there's, they, like, Ivanova, you know, like, her latent sigh abilities, you know, we still haven't explored those and how they relate to the shadows, and I feel like we have to at some point, but there's not, there's just not enough time Yeah, to because do it. now they're, like, uh, enlisting all of these sighs help and stuff, so she's got to come into that somehow. Yeah, I feel like she does. And Lita has a bigger role to play in this whole Kosh and Sheridan thing. I mean, there's just a lot of stuff to explore. Um, and hopefully so that we can explore it, Franklin will just stay on walkabout and... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Franklin, it's just he can't come back for a while, <laughs> you know. There's just not enough space. Yeah, except for there was that annoying line where he said don't come back to find me no matter what and I was like oh that means oh. they're gonna have to yeah what 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 could they what could they need him for I mean they, well, they've needed him for all kinds of weird stuff so yeah he is the uh the good alien whatever whatever his title is um does sort of uh jump out how uh you haven't missed him in the story <laughs> Because his stories never are part of the main plot. He's always doing no. something on the side. Mm-hmm. Like his, the, when it's his episode, it's always about just something that's involving him and and uh, something re- unrelated to the main arc of the show. It's involving him and uh, his weird, um, weird touching of faces. <laughs> yeah, if we need somebody molested, let's get right. let's get Franklin. Well, um, you still need the story which explains how he's related to Fox Mulder. Huh? <laughs> I missed Fox that Mulder liked to touch faces too. Yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Especially on pictures. Creepily yeah. stroke them. <laughs> In inappropriate places, actually. <laughs> um. 
Yeah, I wish I had thought more about this, but uh, <laughs> yeah, I can't believe that's it. okay. We'll only... speculate more next week for the oh my finale, god, I'm sure. Yeah, I mean, we it has to be a, a pivotal episode, you know. Next, next, it can't be a filler. Let's not nah. have us uh, go fish, you know. Um, all right. This hey, this was the go fish, or last week was the go fish. Last week was definitely the go fish. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, I'm excited. Get there. Yeah. Almost for Navi time. Oh, Jason, thank you for joining us again this week. Thanks for having me. <laughs> yeah. Thanks. Um, yeah, I hope you got your episodes for season four picked out. Not yet. Uh, okay. You're gonna have to put <laughs> up the uh, have, side up sheets soon, Will. Yeah. I'll have uh, I'll have it all picked out, and then I will forget, and then I will get what I want. So, just like every <laughs> season before. <laughs> all right. Well, that's all we have for this week, folks. Next week we'll be shadow dancing, <laughs> but until then. Goodbye. Be seeing you. Stroke off. Bye. <laughs> if you smell what the rock is cooking.
Look for us on the web in iTunes and on Stitcher Radio. Also, downbelowpodcast.com, facebook.com slash group slash downbelowpodcast, and twitter.com slash downbelowcast. 